Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by listeners like you, who believe in the vital public service WRFA provides through its arts and education programming, as well as through our coverage of local news and public affairs. Plus, your generous support lets us provide a number of volunteer-based programs to be shared on our airwaves. Help keep community radio in Jamestown and Chautauqua County alive by making a contribution today. To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, wrfalp.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465. Jamestown Board of Public Utilities General Manager David Leathers gave an update about the utility to Jamestown City Council members at their work session on Monday, February 12th. Here is that presentation. Yeah, I'd say it's not really a uh, presentation, but try to stop by on a periodic basis just to check in with council. And I knew uh, we had some new council members, so just a few items. And then if uh, anybody has any questions, I'd be happy to to respond to those. But uh, on the water side, a few different things. One, we just uh, launched uh, a bid process last week, I believe, for our WIA grant. It's a water main replacement grant that we got. Uh, It's a $5 million project. We got $3 million with the grant money. And uh, phase one of that was Washington Street. And so now phase two mm-hmm. is bidding out five different streets in the city that were part of that original list. Uh, I think it's West Virginia Boulevard, Glenview, uh, Mercury Lane and LaSalle, West End, Langford, and West 18th Street. The intent with those five streets is to get the, the bid results back and see how much money we have left out of the $5 million uh, to award. So we expect... Uh, bid results in early March and hopefully an award uh, by the March board meeting. Also on the water side, we've got the Check Your Pipes initiative. So through the federal EPA, we are required to get water service line material inventory for every water service line uh, that we serve. So that's, I think, over 16,000 service lines. So there's been quite a bit of communication out on that. That communication will continue. Uh, All water systems are required to complete the inventory by October of this year. Uh, So a lot of effort being put into that. Uh, Water, we've had a few main breaks in uh, in 2024 so far, so we continue to uh, chase those a little bit year to date. But 2023, uh, I don't want to say it was a historic low, but we had uh, a a low amount of water main breaks, uh, so that was really good. Uh, So as we continue to uh, replace what we've identified as old uh, in uh, needing replaced lines, uh, then we're hopeful that, you know, that shows up in the results related to uh, main breaks and disruptions for our customers there. Power plant's been generating electricity quite a bit December and January. Uh, I think we're going to do some runs this week as well. So a lot of effort goes on uh, in the plant to keep that Uh, facility up and operational. Uh, We did our semi-annual every six months. We run the plant full out for the New York ISO uh, capacity payments. So they did that uh, a few weeks ago and that went very well. Uh, So we continue to work on that. The board 
did approve in the fourth quarter last year uh, our 2024 budgets for all five of our divisions. Uh, if there's any questions you want on any of those divisions, wastewater was the one out of the five that had a rate increase. Wastewater had a 4% rate increase. The other four, uh, there was no uh, rate adjustment. I think in each of them, there was maybe some uh, changes. Water made it, maybe had uh, water service connections, new service connections. Uh, those charges went up a bit. Solid waste had some charges uh, that were indexed. Um, but um, District Heat, we did the fuel charge adjustment. It was a minor increase. But really, wastewater out of the five was the only one that had a rate increase. Uh, we're working through uh, some new board member orientation sessions in the next couple of months. So obviously uh, the mayor is new to the board, uh, Council President Dulce uh, also on the board now, and then Marie Caruba and Ralph Wallace have joined uh, the board. Uh, so we'll be going through uh, some orientation sessions that we normally do, and that invite is out there for any council member as well. Uh, if anybody uh, wants overviews, we have... Uh, four or five different sessions that we put together that is everything to do with the uh, the utility, the relationship with the city, uh, the organization from an HR standpoint, and then each of the divisions as well. Uh, we try more in the summertime to get facility tours, so if there's any interest in that, we'll make sure that we uh, include you as part of that, uh, that if you want to participate, you're always welcome. Got a couple of engineering studies that should be wrapping up uh, in, in the coming months. Uh, we had a NYSERDA grant looking at the district heat system, uh, so that study should be completing uh, soon. And we also had a NYSERDA grant uh, for the Jamestown Public Schools bus garage and bus fleet. Uh, that is, the school systems are required to go all electric. Uh, that was a, a study that should be wrapping up soon, looking at not only their facility, but that transition uh, and how they approach that. So we'll make sure to share those results when they come out. Any questions? When's the district heat shutting down? Uh, I have no idea when that would happen. Is as, as it still having problems? Do you have a lot of breakage? Or, because it's going to, I guess, the why I was told that they, it's going to go up a lot. Yeah, I think that. That's that's part of the engineering study and getting on the other side of that and getting into communication uh, in next steps. So we need to work through that process. I know you were awarded a large grant for the micro grid system. Maybe Chris or yourself could comment on, in layman's terms what that, what that's going to do for the city. Yeah, we're super excited about that. It's just uh, we're into a three or four month process of negotiating with the Department of Energy. Uh, so really that uh, whole project has not uh, been kicked off yet. So we're going through that process. It's a $23 million uh, project and uh, $17.4 of federal money. Uh, and you want to give just a little overview? Sure. Um, so the project basically leverages our gas turbine, our generation here locally, and adds a three megawatt format four uh, hour duration battery, big lithium ion battery. Uh, the battery gives us flexibility from a market per performance perspective. We can turn it on, discharge it rapidly, 
It also enables us to start the gas turbine. So the gas turbine as it operates today, if we're disconnected from the grid, has no way to turn on. You need power to make power. Uh, so that battery would give us the ability to, to turn on the, the gas turbine, just like a car battery in a way. Uh, just a much, much bigger one. Um, it also will give us some frequency and voltage control to help us ride through grid disruptions. And in the event of a regional outage or, or a significant uh, distribution outage, we would be able to run the power plant and still serve the underground system without connection to the regional transmission system. So that's the microgrid portion of that where we can operate independently of the regional grid. Right now we're fully dependent on the regional grid. So that gives us some of that. There's also some funding in there to replace some infrastructure, some underground infrastructure. There's quite a bit of underground high voltage power lines running throughout the city. They're very expensive to replace. They're difficult to get to. You gotta dread, you gotta dig it up, dig up the street and put in trenches. Uh, so we're really fortunate that some of that was qualified under the grant as well to get replaced. And there's also some funding for uh, some electric vehicle charging stations, some fast chargers that will be fed by these underground networks. So in the event of a regional disruption, you will still have places to charge our vehicles, our electric vehicles in Jamestown. Um, also, some of the gas stations will be fed by the underground circuits. So we'll have transportation resources during those regional emergencies. Great. And that'll serve just the downtown core, that's correct, the microgrid? It's, it's gonna be load dependent, so it depends really on what the time of year is. Um, it's, there's a bunch of software and other, um, like soft costs, I guess, that go into this too, but it'll be dynamic. So if, if, say, the worst case scenario, an ice storm destroys everything overhead, which would be a really bad day for me, um, and probably everyone in the city, uh, we can still feed the underground network because it's, it does not impact it by ice. So anything fed completely underground would be fine. If it's a nice day and we just lose transmission capability on like a spring day, we could feed almost our entire system. So it just depends on how much load we have at the time. There could be potential to manage do rolling blackouts of things if the, if the overhead network is still intact and we just lost transmission infrastructure. So it's, it's gonna be very dynamic and it'll be able to solve you know, whatever case happens, it'll be ready to do it. Primarily a reliability and resiliency project. It's a really important project. It is not a long-term commitment to the natural gas LM6000 turbine. Uh, so we have that turbine. We anticipate the turbine will be available uh, for another decade, if not more. But as new technology comes along and the state transitions away from natural gas, if we have different and new generation, right, this project can help support that. So this is kind of starting into that process with what we have today. Uh, and it uh, should be a really exciting project. It's probably a four to five year project. So this is not something that is gonna kick off in, in April and, and be done in a year or two. Uh, this is a large magnitude project. Appreciate you asking the question and bringing it up. Thank you. I'm a little hesitant to talk about it just because we're in, in negotiations for the contract with the, with the DOE because we've really been uh, picked as a selectee. We have not uh, received approval for a grant award yet, so we're working through that process. With any scheduling on, I've been asked about getting rid of those telephone poles on Ellis. Yeah, I feel like uh, our efforts with Windstream um, Christopher, his team, others, uh, Windstream is really picking up the pace and I think improving. And so we've 
communicated and give them uh, updated information. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I, if there's a priority area and you give that to us, we can help uh, work through that. But there's a lot of double poles uh, still to do. Um, and, uh, and they're also interested in manholes. I know that's been an issue as well. Uh, so if there's some windstream manholes, they, they will try to get to those as well. But I feel like uh, they're they're a little more supportive and responsive than they have been. So I think you you already have the everything on the sidewalk on Third Street though to run the power, right? Mm -hmm. That's all done. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you for being here, David. Thanks. That was BPU General Manager David Leathers.